0: All right, everybody, so I've got to give you a little bit of context. Pastor Landry, come on out. He did an amazing job for us at camp this week. Um, as you guys, most of you would know, when we do our camp takeover, we have a, a guest speaker come and speak at camp, and they do an amazing job always. Pastor Landry did extra amazing, and then they come and preach here for you guys. Uh, so I am just so excited. The first service was so good, and I know this one's going to be even better, and he's going to do an amazing job. So please, everyone, just join me in giving a huge round of applause for Pastor Landry. I love my father's house family. It was an amazing time with the youth this weekend. You know, I love, I love the saying that youth ministry is not a step into the ministry. It is the ministry. This generation is such an important, important part of the kingdom of God. And one of my passions is that this generation would remember the name of Jesus and that they would carry it to their generation. And so it was such a pleasure uh, to serve alongside Skylar, Colton, and Mitchell, and Pastor Tyler and the team. Such an amazing team of leaders. Can the leaders just stand up? We just want to honor you guys. All of you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> amazing group of people. They pour so much into your, gut, to your children. Thank you for trusting them with your children. <laughs> you know, I've done youth camps before. It's a, it's a big task to be trust with, trusted with not just one or two of your kids, but a hundred of other people's kids, <laughs> so. Well, tonight, tonight, I'm used to preaching at in the evening, so I might slip up and say tonight, but this morning, the title of this morning's message is Heavenly Vision. I believe that the Lord wants to give us all a heavenly vision, and maybe you're here, and you're, you might be well-established in the heavenly vision, and you... This could serve as an encouragement for your reminder as you go forward in your walk with God, or maybe here you need a touch from God. You need a vision from God. You need a word from the Lord, a vision for your circumstance, your family, your life, the future. Well, I pray that you would receive this here this morning. Acts out of Scripture, out of Acts chapter twenty-six, verse nineteen. Therefore, King Agrippa, the Apostle Paul said. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. On the road to Damascus, the apostle Paul was stopped in his tracks by the, by the Lord Jesus, and Jesus came to him in a blinding light. He came to him in a blinding light, and he stopped Paul. He said, Saul, Saul. And Saul responded, Who are you, Lord? He says, I'm Jesus, whom you are persecuting. And Jesus tells Saul all these things that he must suffer for the gospel. And, Saul in that moment was blinded and was brought to a place where he would later stay for three days blinded. Received the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus had told him that he would show him things which he has seen and things which the Lord had yet to reveal to him. A heavenly vision. Talk about a three-day fast. No food, no water, no sight. The Lord was renewing his vision. The Lord was placing a new vision upon Paul's life. He gave him a new identity, a name change from Saul to Paul, and the Lord gave him a new vision. So in those three three days, the last thing the Apostle Paul had seen was a vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. The last thing he had remembered was what the Lord Jesus had told him for his life, And then in Acts chapter 26, verse 19, when he was testifying of these things and sharing his testimony to King Agrippa, he said, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, the vision that the Lord had put on his heart. And we know the Apostle Paul, he suffered many things for the gospel. There were even some seasons that I couldn't imagine what would be going through his mind. I'm sure many of us know the verse where he said, where he's talking about the thorn in his flesh he said he prayed to the Lord three times that the Lord would take it away, the storm in his flesh. But the Lord responded and said, my grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul remembered the vision and he was able to move forward in the strength and power of the Lord. The heavenly vision is not something that we can do on our own. It's not something that we can make up for ourselves. It's something from heaven. It's a, it's a vision from God. It's, it's sent of God. It's not, it's beyond ourselves, it's beyond our vocation, it's beyond what we can do. It's only what the Lord can do through us. The Bible says in Proverbs 29 that where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Other translations say without vision, people cast off restraint. They rest at ease. Without vision, we falter. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27, it says, by faith... Moses endured because he saw the one who is invisible. He had a heavenly vision from God. He was able to endure because his vision for the Lord was beyond what he was going through at the moment, was beyond the circumstance, was, be, was beyond the present time. God wants to give us a heavenly vision that will carry us for the rest of our lives. The Bible says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith hopes for the future. Faith looks to the future with the confident expectation of good. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Many times in our lives we go through trials, difficulties, challenges, and it's faith that gets us through really the hope for a future that we don't yet see or that we're not yet experiencing, but it's that faith in the Lord. It's that vision that we have past the cloudy seasons. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. In verse 2 in the NLT, it says, through their faith, the people in the, old, in the days of old earned a good reputation. In the Amplified Bible, it says, for by this kind of faith... The men of old gained divine approval. The kind of faith that hopes for the future, the kind of faith that hopes for the things not yet seen, that believes in God for the things yet, not yet seen, the kind of faith that has a heavenly vision beyond circumstance, beyond present trials. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible, You ever been through a season where you felt like God had given you a word, God had placed the word on your heart, but your circumstances weren't really mirroring the word that God had spoken over you? The heavenly vision is not always what we see before us. A quote from a missionary ministered with five missionaries to a tribe who had not yet been presented the gospel. And they were martyred. That tribe had ran spears through their chests. One of those missionaries, his name was Nathan Nathan Nathaniel, and he wrote these words three weeks before his martyrdom. He said, if God would grant us the vision, the word sacrifice would disappear from our lips and thoughts. We would hate the things that seem now so dear to us. Our lives would suddenly be too short. And we would despise time-robbing distractions and charge the enemy with all our energies in the name of Jesus Christ. And three weeks later, he died bringing the gospel to a tribe that didn't know Jesus. The sequel, many friends and family carried on, carried on the mission and that tribe came to know the Lord. Many people came to know salvation and came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. The word, the vision that was put on this man's heart was seen through. How do we get a heavenly vision? How do we get the heavenly vision? Well, we have to get into the presence of God and ask him. God has a plan for our lives. He has a holy design. We all know Jeremiah 29, 11, But let's not forget verses 12 to 13. Jeremiah 20, 29, 11, For I know... The thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. A vision for the future. A a hope, a confident expectation of good. But let's not forget verses 12 and 13. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. God says from my holy throne I will hear your prayers and I will listen to you. I will listen to what you have to say. And in verse 13, he continues, and you will seek me and find me. God says, when you seek me, I will make myself known to you. I will make myself found by you. He's not asking us to seek him to be hidden. He's not hiding himself from us. God wants us to know him and he wants to be known. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God has a holy design. He has a plan. He has a heavenly vision for us. When we go and seek him with all our heart, he will be found by us and he will establish his way in us. The heavenly vision. How about Habakkuk? Habakkuk, he was vexed. He was perplexed at himself. He was perplexed at life and the the circumstances, the conditions of the land that he was living in, the social and the spiritual condition of the land, the, the injustice that was happening around him. He was troubled in his spirit. He was a little upset with God at God's lack of intervention against the worldliness and ungodliness in the land. He said, I'm going to go up into my prayer tower. I'm going to talk with God. He had this agitation in his spirit. And he said, I, I, I need to work this out with God. Has anybody ever been there with the Lord <laughs> where you're agitated in your spirit and you're like, I need to, I need to work this out with God? You know, I love the book of Psalms. I love the way King David wrote the Psalms. God, hear my complaint. (laughs) God wants our raw and real prayers. He already knows what's in our heart. Bible says that he knows what we need before we ask him. Habakkuk was, he was vexed, he was perplexed, the situations around him. And so he said, I'm going to go up to my prayer tower and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to God. And in Habakkuk 2, Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, it reads, this is Habakkuk, I will stand my watch and and set myself on the rampart. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart, his watchtower, the, the watchtower of prayer. The Bible says, watch and pray. It says, be watchful against your adversary, the devil, the discourager. For the enemy wants to come and discourage us. When the, when the Bible talks about watching, many times it's referring to praying. So Habakkuk says, I will watch, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. And watch to see what God will say to me. And I will answer when I am corrected. Or what I will answer when I am corrected. Habakkuk knew he was out of line. Sometimes we're agitated and our feelings aren't in accordance with God's word. So we, we come into the presence of the Lord to sort these things out. Habakkuk says he's going to watch and see what God will say to him and what he will answer when he's corrected. He knew he was coming to the Lord to be corrected. He, he needed the Lord to change his perspective. He needed the Lord to give him new and fresh perspective for what was happening in, in the land at the time. And then in verse 2 to 3 it says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Though it will tarry, it will not tarry. (laughs) How many have been there with God? The God... The God of our salvation calling us to wait on him, to wait on the Lord faithfully. Though it will tarry, it will not tarry. The timing of God is perfect. Though we have to wait, though in our spirit it tarries, in God's timing it's perfect. God wants to give us a heavenly vision and, and he calls us to wait for the vision. The word wait in the Bible oftentimes refers to the Hebrew word kava, which means to bind and to knit and to twist yourself in with God, to bring yourself closer in with God. It's not a passive waiting, it's an active waiting. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, in Isaiah 40, it says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not faint. They shall walk and not grow weary. Those who wait on the Lord, those who knit themselves closer in with God, those who bind themselves near to God. I think of the Disciples, the apostles in the upper room, when Jesus told them, Wait for the promise, wait for the promise of the Father, and power from on high will come upon you. They waited for days. And what happened? The Spirit came upon them. They were found praising and worshiping. When when Jesus told them to wait, They weren't sitting there doing nothing. Okay, when's this going to happen? No, they were seeking the Lord. They were binding their their hearts in with God. They were coming closer to God. They were seeking God for the vision. They were believing for the vision. How many have been in a season of waiting and you're believing in the word of God and you're saying, Lord, when is this coming? I will watch and pray. I will set myself on the rampart. I will go up to my prayer room, my, my war room, my secret place, my prayer closet. And I'm going to believe and I'm going to pray until something happens. I'm going to pray until I see the promise of God. How about Isaiah? Or not Isaiah, Elijah. Elijah prayed for rain. The Bible says that Elijah was a man just like us. He was a man with a nature like ours. It says that he prayed for, that it would not rain and it didn't rain for three years. And it said that he prayed again that it would rain and it, it rained for three years and the earth produced its fruit. I was like, wow, that's a beautiful verse. I wish I had that kind of power in prayer. And then you go back in the Old Testament, you see, what was this process of prayer like for Elijah? Well, he climbed up Mount Carmel. He looked at the sky, not a cloud in the sky. Drought for three years. He said, I'm going to get down and pray. He kneeled down and said that he put his face between his knees and he prayed and he sent his servant. He said, "Go look to see if there's a cloud." And his servant ran. He his servant ran out, believing for the for the promise. Oh, oh, there's nothing there. Yeah, Elijah, there's nothing there. I I know you prayed, but Elijah, okay, got back down, prayed again. He sent his servant again. His servant went back. Maybe there's a cloud this time. Surely. Oh, nothing there. Comes back to Elijah. You went at this twice already, maybe. (laughs) No, Elijah came, he went back, prayed again, prayed again, sent his servant, his servant went out. This happened seven times. But when we read about it in the New Testament, it's, oh, he prayed and then they received rain. No, Elijah was persistent. He was consistent in his prayer. And there's sometimes the Lord will give us a vision, a heavenly vision, a word from God, a prophetic word that's spoken over our lives. And we have to bring that word to prayer bring it into the presence of God and ask him. And sometimes the asking doesn't only happen once. Sometimes not even twice. Sometimes not even seven times. The Lord is building our faith. How's, how's our waiting? How do we wait for the promise of the Lord? Because God said that the vision, it will speak At the the right time, at the appointed time, the vision will speak and it will not lie. And though it tarries, wait for it. Pray for it. Worship believing for it. Call on the name of God for it, for your children, for your families, for your life, for your circumstances, for your calling. Pray for it. You know, when I felt the calling of the Lord on my life, I shared this with one of the youth who I know has a calling of God. I can't see because the lights are so bright, but I know you're here. When I felt the calling of the Lord on my life um, when I was a teenager, I prayed for that calling for three years every day. Every day for three years. And then it wasn't even five years until after that that I actually stepped into what I felt that calling was. The Bible says to wait for the Lord. He will renew the strength of those who wait. Sometimes we get weary in our waiting, but the Bible says do not grow weary in well-doing. You do well to wait on the Lord. You do well to bring your requests to God. Wait for it. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision And make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. What did the Lord give Habakkuk in Habakkuk's perplexed situation, in Habakkuk's distressing situation? He told Habakkuk, write the vision, read the vision, and run with the vision. And I'm going to add in there, wait for the vision. Write the vision, read the vision, and run with the vision. God gave this prophet such a vision, he gave Habakkuk such a vision that it kept him going for for the days of his life, for all the days of his life into the future. It was a word from God. It set him free from the turmoil and struggle of the moment and set his feet to dancing. His present struggles didn't matter anymore. He was able to endure it. And he was able to walk on the high hills of supernatural victory with God. Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 17, we read just a chapter later after receiving the the vision from God. Though the fig tree may not blossom, these are words of Habakkuk, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the Lord, in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on my high hills. Wow. You can only say those words when you've been in the presence of God and he's given you a heavenly vision. Amen. The Lord wants to put a heavenly vision on us. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 3-5. to 5. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. In verse 5, it says this, He sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God. And as long as he sought the Lord... God made him prosper. As long as he was obedient to the heavenly vision, as long as he sought the vision of God, as long as his heart was aligned with the vision that the Lord had placed before him, he prospered. But when he didn't, when he strayed away from that vision, he faltered and great was the fall. He stumbled when he didn't. But when he was setting his heart toward that vision, he prospered. The Lord caused him to be great in the kingdom and to be a king who ruled for many years. As long as we seek the Lord, not as short as we seek the Lord, this is not a short haul, it's a long haul. I'm in youth ministry, it's a slow burn sometimes. <laughs> As long as we seek the Lord, we will prosper. And not, not the kind of prosperity that the world, you know, promotes. No, this, this is richness in God. This is a satisfaction that only God can satisfy. This is something that we can only find from God. Again, the heavenly vision, it's not something that we can do for ourselves. It's what the Lord puts into us. Day after day, week after week, Sunday after Sunday, month long, year in, year out, as long as we seek the Lord and stay in his presence. We will have a vibrant and passionate heavenly vision and we will prosper in the Lord. And that's what matters. Prospering in the Lord. Not as man sees. Jesus said, peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. He says, peace I give to you. God wants to give us a heavenly vision that supersedes every aspect of life that we may face. And though we walk through the fire that we walk through difficulty, confusion, struggle, loss, hurt, rejection, change, injustice, we won't be burned by those things because we have a heavenly vision that supersedes them. We have a heavenly vision that's greater than the circumstance, that's greater than the now, and that we can run into the future with, that we can carry a hope for the future with. I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Has the Lord put a vision on your heart? Do you desire a vision from the Lord for your life on your heart? One that will carry you through any circumstance, any situation? Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will, will reward you openly. When you go through these things, where you can be reminded either of distress, turmoil, pain, or you say, I'll go into my prayer room and I'll seek the Lord for the heavenly vision. I'll be reminded of the heavenly vision. I'll see what, what, what I will answer when the Lord corrects me. We know when our spirit is out of line, don't we? We know when we're supposed to trust in God, but sometimes it's difficult. That's just the reality of going through life. Sometimes it's difficult or sometimes there's just distraction. Sometimes with great success comes great responsibility And it's easy to sidetrack our minds, but it's important to stay connected with that heavenly vision. Where can I find the sight of God? Where can I find the sight of God in my life? It's in the prayer room. It's in the presence of the Lord. It's in the secret place. When we get down and seek the Lord, the Bible says, bear one another's burdens. Yes, that's good, but there's there's also our own burdens. Where do we Where do we give our burdens? As we're bearing others' burdens, what about our own? The Bible says to cast our burdens to him. Cast our burdens on Jesus. Cast our cares onto him. Cast our anxieties onto him because he cares for us. Nothing can sustain you like a word from God. So at some points, we need to anoint our eyes with godly perspective and say Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. There isn't one of us who haven't encountered the spirit of heaviness in our life. Despair, the blanket of discouragement that comes over us from time to time. Isaiah chapter 61 says to Put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When we put on the garment of praise, we're we're brought into the presence of the Lord and we're reminded of that vision that He puts on our heart, that heavenly vision. The word picture of the spirit of heaviness is actually eyes that grow dim. Eyes that are heavy, eyes that grow dim, a, a heavy look on, on someone's face. Sometimes our vision dims and we don't see as clearly as we should. We only see in the moment, but not what's ahead. And what we need to do is praise. We need to praise the Lord. We need to come in his presence. And God has given us the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When our vision dims, let's begin to praise the Lord so that our eyes would open and so that we would see the vision again. I will praise the Lord at all times, the Bible says. Rejoice when you face trials of many kinds. For the testing of your faith produces what? Patience, steadfastness, endurance, long-suffering. There are some trials that are too difficult to rejoice in (laughs) while we're going through them. But at some point, we have to put our garment of praise on and not let that blanket of discouragement overshadow our lives. We need to reset our vision and say, Lord, I'm going to look to you. It's amazing how praise can break the pressure of a circumstance in a moment. You've been under stress. You've been mourning. You've been wondering. You've been confused. God's not the God of confusion. He's not the author of confusion, but of peace. We look to the Lord and he offers us his peace. Not as the world does, but only as he is able to. And then we remember the joy of the Lord is our strength I have a heavenly vision from God. I can can press forward because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Worship team, come. In Luke chapter 2, there was a man named Simeon. Simeon waited so faithfully for the promise of the Lord. He received a heavenly vision from God, and there was a period where he had to wait, a period where he had to faithfully believe for the promise that was coming. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 25, it says, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous man and devout man and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. The Lord gave him a vision. He said, you won't die until you have seen the Lord's Christ. And that day, the Spirit led him into the temple So when Mary and Joseph came to to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there and he took the child in his arms and he praised God. Simeon endured until he saw the heavenly vision. God wants to give you and I the heavenly vision that will carry us for the rest of our lives. And when we receive that heavenly vision, let our confession be like the Apostle Paul, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. With triumph and trial alike, I hoped in God. I waited on the Lord. I bound and knit myself closer in with God as I waited. And I believed in his promise that though it will tarry, it will not tarry. Though I must wait, the vision will come at just the right time. Maybe a timing that I wasn't expecting maybe in a way that I wasn't expecting, but it will come. The Bible says in the book of Numbers that God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a human being that he should change his mind or repent. What he has spoken will he not do? What he has said will he not fulfill? So let's stand tonight. We're going to enter into some worship. Let's stand this morning. The Lord wants to put a heavenly vision on each of us. He wants to put a heavenly vision on you. And maybe you've been in a time in your life where you've been seeking the Lord for direction. You've been praying for direction. You've been believing in God for your children and for your work, for your finances, for your family. Maybe you're looking for direction for your future. Maybe you're looking for a hope to put your, your trust in. Well, the Lord says he wants to place a heavenly vision on your heart. He wants to put something in your heart that will carry you for the days of your life. And how do we get the heavenly vision? We come into the presence of the Lord and we ask him. So as we sing these songs, as we sing this song, would you believe in faith for what the Lord has for you? Would you say that in this moment, I will look, I will turn my eyes to God. I will look unto the heavens and I will say, Lord, in this moment I'm not looking to my circumstances I'm not looking at what's around me but I'm looking for the heavenly vision I'm looking for the godly perspective I'm looking for what only you can provide to me Lord and not what I can do on my own strength and if you've been trying to do it on your own strength that's not the Lord's plan for you cast your burdens on him cast your care on him for he cares for you I'm gonna pray and then let's worship and trust in the Lord Heavenly Father I thank you, Lord, for your heavenly vision. I thank you that in each of us, Lord, Lord, that even as a church, Father God, that you are setting a vision for this season, God, and that those who step into it, Lord, in this congregation, Lord, that they would be fruitful, God. Lord, that even those who lend their prayers, God, as they wait, would they bind and twist and knit themselves closer in with you, God. I pray for the vision among the youth, God. Lord, for the young people to persist, God, to be enduring, God, to be long-suffering for what you are doing in them and through them in their generation, God. We believe, we declare, we prophesy, we write the vision, we read the vision, we run with the vision, and we will wait for the vision. I pray that over this congregation in Jesus' name. Amen.